And good afternoon, good afternoon. I'm Len Tillum. I'm a lawyer. News Talk 910. You got legal problems? I've got legal answers. I'm a lawyer. Three to four, News Talk 910, live talk, local radio. Can't beat it. You got legal problems? Call it in. We'd love to hear from you. The number to call is 866-536-1000. Any kind of a problem, bankruptcy, criminal law, civil litigation, who's done you dirt? Who'd you do dirt to? David Brown's doing research. We'll give you answers free. Just News Talk 910 even pays for the call. The number to call is 866-536-1000. Let's get this show on the road. Joe in San Jose. Len, tell him, Joe, how come you're calling a lawyer? Hi, Len. Thank you very much for taking my call. Sure. uh, I really enjoy your show. My problem is that my neighbor, you know, parks uh, two cars, one on each side of my driveway, then parks another one behind it, you know, also one side of two cars, another side of one car. The one car blocks my mailbox for the mailman, and on the left-hand side blocks uh, my gardener to put the truck, the, the cuttings on the street. Now, now wait, wait a second. Are there signs in your street that say no parking or cleaning or anything like that where you're not supposed to park or there's no signs? No signs. Well, um, let's see. You know, people don't like it. It's like that unwritten commandment, thou shalt not park thy cars in front of thy neighbor's home. But, you know, Moses didn't have enough room for the 11th commandment. Legally, you're out of luck. It's a public street. It's not private property. Parking's first come, first served. Does he park in front of his house or just in front of your house? Just in front of my house. So why don't you start parking in front of his house? You know, you can well, do that too. Normally, I put my car in the garage. You see. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Look, you can't park your car on the street forever, indefinitely. Usually, it's limited to seventy-two hours. If you park your car there for more than seventy-two hours, the city's supposed to ticket you or give you a ticket. Um, there's nothing like in your city about street sweepers or anything like that, is there? There is a street, a street uh, you know, uh, on Friday, the, the, what do you call it, the garbage collector comes, and uh, they also come clean out the gardening. But he, he doesn't park there in front of you then, does he? Uh, I got a notice from the uh, garbage collector saying that, you know, the car was parked too close to my cuttings. It was, my, it was not my car, so obviously their cars. You, you know, the um, David looked this up. Um, San Jose has a Department of Traffic and Parking Enforcement. Um, let me give you a number. San Jose Department of Traffic and Parking Enforcement. Okay. It's 408-543-2900. 408-543-2900. And you can email. It's parking.compliance at sanjoseca.gov. Parking.compliance at sanjoseca.gov. So you you might check that out and see what's going on. Have you tried speaking to the guy? Have you say, look, it's not convenient for me. You got to start with this. I know it's legal. You're allowed to do it. Don't say you can't do it because he can, but it's not convenient for me. How about not parking the car in front of my house? What have you tried that? No, I have not. Right. You've been thinking about taking a key in the middle of the night to the side of his door. That's what you've been thinking of doing, right? No, because the car was pretty old that the key wouldn't show up anyway. <laughs> don't do it anyway. Don't do that. But um, talk to him. At least say, look, how about this? You know, don't say you can't do it forever. Say, look, 
on certain days with you know when when the, the sweeper puts the stuff on the street for the pickup or for the cleaning or you know the garbage you got to talk to him and see what he says if not try the city of san jose and there's nothing you can do otherwise okay. got it all right so it goes okay um see you shouldn't park in front of your neighbor's house because it makes some people crazy i remember once a few years ago i was going to see somebody at their house this was in saint helena and it was a hot day it must have been like middle of july and it was like 98 degrees and in saint helena it was so hot and i parked my car next door under uh, under a tree with shade for you you know hey i'll deal with the birds at least my car won't be boiling when i get into it so a guy comes out old codger mean sob comes out with a big shovel in his hand he made sure he was carrying a shovel he looks at me and says don't park your car in front of my house so you think I'm going to get in an argument with an old crotchety guy with a shovel? I said, okay. You know, what are you going to do? Old crotchety guys with shovels trump me any day. 866-536-1000. You got legal problems, big or small? We got answers. Andrew in San Francisco. Len Tillum, Andrew, why are you calling a lawyer? I'm calling a lawyer to uh, figure out a situation that's been pretty confusing about my car being towed. Mm-hmm. What happened? Well, um, uh, it had been towed um, on the 31st. I went to go look for it on the 2nd of January um, to try and see, you know, where it was. And, the, um, you know, it was just missing, so I called the cops, and I tried to see if they had any recollection if it had been towed or if it had been stolen. And um, they said they couldn't find it anywhere in their system after I gave them the VIN number. Um, and they checked twice over. They came to my house and made a stolen car report. What what kind and, of car uh, are we talking about? Uh, it's a Honda Civic, so it's pretty easily pretty easily thieved from the streets. Well, yeah, what year is it? 98. Old Honda Civic. Honda Civics do get stolen a lot, but I don't know if they're stealing 98. So what happened to your car? Um, well, it turns out uh, a week or two later I got I, uh, a form from uh, Auto Return uh, saying that my car had, in fact, been towed. When, um, you know, I already made a stolen car report, I canceled uh, my insurance since I didn't have theft insurance and my plates, so. Um, Why did you know, your car get towed? That's the first question. Were you parked uh, in a tow? Yeah, it was parked there for, it was parked in a space for more than 72 hours. Right. As I said, in San Francisco, if you park for more than 72 hours, you're not allowed to do that. They can tow your car. And the tow companies are looking to make a few bucks. They love towing those cars. How much? Yeah. So, how long has your car been in storage now? Uh, it's been in storage for more than a month. How much so. do they want? Um, probably somewhere above two thousand dollars. Yeah, I'm telling you, yeah, it's they, like uh, your car was staying at the Hilton Hotel. They charge so much for that, you know? <laughs> really, you know? <laughs> really. And you didn't. Yeah. Your car didn't even have a private garage. You had to share it with other cars. Your car's not even worth two grand, or you ain't got two grand to get it out of tow, out of storage, right? Exactly. Yeah. Here is what's going to happen. If you don't get your car out, they're going to auction it off to pay for the towing and the impound fees. Yeah. Then, you know, um, if you don't pay the entire impound fee, the city can come after you for money, and they can hold up your license. Um, yeah, yeah, that's what they've been telling me. Yeah, yeah, they really can, and you're not going to get a lesson. Now, look, you called them up and said, where was the car, right? And yep. it took them two weeks to figure that out, you know? Yeah, yeah. 
You know, I would file a claim against the city. Here's what I would do. You can't make the city pay for your entire impound fee. Maybe they screwed up and the city's responsible for the first two weeks of impound fees before you were notified. But everything after that is on you. So I would file a claim against the city, claim it, and maybe you can work out a deal with them. I think that you can kiss the car goodbye because I guarantee you the city's not going to reach and They're going to get auctioned off. They're not going to give you any money. But um, yeah, yeah, The fellow called me today, actually. Uh, who yeah, called you? The, the tow company? Uh, the, uh, the fellow from the auto return, yeah, his name is Dan. He had called. And, and what does uh, he want? He told me that there was a way to try and figure this out because he didn't think the car had been sold yet at the auction date on the February uh, February 6th. So, so see if you can talk to them and figure it out. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Wait a minute. The auction date is February 6th? Uh, but, yeah, he, he said it, he didn't have anything in his system of it being... Uh, auctioned off. He actually didn't have any information on it. Because so. it's after uh, February 6th, you know. You, you keep getting yeah, screwed around with these systems that don't work, that's for sure. <laughs> well, right. See what they want. And and who's in charge in the San Francisco with this inbound? The, the traffic division? You're going to have to file a claim. Um, and then after they called you two weeks later, you had no money to get it out anyway, right? Yeah, not that much money. Not that much money. I, yeah. You knew, by the way, you shouldn't park your car on the street for more than 72 hours. Did you know that? I didn't. No, I didn't. Now, now you, how old are you, Andrew? I'm 29. Yeah, now you know. Now you know. Oh, I know. <laughs> yeah, really? Get, and you better learn the bus pass system, too, and where the buses go. I would file a claim with the city and see what you can work out and call up the impound yard and see what's going on. Maybe he'll know who you can talk to in the city to get some fees waived. I know when your car gets stolen. And the lowlifes leave it on the streets. They'll waive the fees for that. In other words, you didn't park it there. Your car gets stolen. Somebody dumps it somewhere and it gets towed. Call up the city. Call up the guy. See, who can I work this out with and see what you can do, okay? All right, great. Good. Good luck to you. He's screwed. He ain't getting nothing. You know, I mean, the city, are they going to do anything? He kisses car goodbye. And two years from now, when he goes to renew his license, he's going to get a kick in the ass. That's what he's going to get, right? You know, I know what I'm talking about here. Eight, because that's how the city works. All of those bureaucracies. Eight, six, six, five, three, six, one thousand. You got legal problems. I'm a lawyer. I'm here live till four o'clock. We're taking calls. Call it in. We'd love to hear from you. Len Tillum, News Talk 910. I'm a lawyer. Here live till 4 o'clock answering legal problems. We'd love to hear your story. We'd love those stories. Call it in right now. I've got open lines. News Talk 910 pays for the lawyer. The call's free. You can't beat the deal. 866-536-1000. Call now. Dave in Redwood City. Dave, how come you're calling a lawyer? Well, Lynn, thanks for, again, taking my call. And I'm calling about an estate question I have, and I know you're top dog on that issue. We do it all um, the time. That's my field. What's the question? Well, my grandmother passed away a little over a year ago. My sister and I are the sole heirs. And Grandma had uh, not much cash, but she had owned a, a condo in Mountain View, and she owned it free and clear. Well, my sister wants, you know, wants it. She wants to buy my half, and that's fine with me. We've worked it out. And what we're being told um, is that uh, we need a third party to loan the estate the money to pay me my half, and then my sister would then have to repay the 
third party the money, and we're we're just real confused. We don't feel like. Let, let me explain what's going on. I, I can make it make sense. sense. Okay, um, your grandmother was she your mother or father's mother? She was. No, I mean, which one? I know. I'm sorry. She was my mother's mother. Okay. Is your mother still alive? No. Here's what's going on. When your grandmother died, she left the condo 50-50 to you and your sister. And the lawyer, we do this too, is trying to find a way to get the condo to your sister without it being reassessed under Prop 13. Follow me. A transfer from parent to child does not reassess the property. A transfer from grandparent to grandchild will not reassess the property because your mother's gone. In other words, it's like it's going. Do you follow me on that? Yes, so, I do. But if both you and your sister inherit the condo equally and then you transfer your half to your sister, one half will be reassessed under present value. Do you follow me on that? Because a transfer between brother and sister or siblings gets a Prop 13 reappraisal, and half is coming from you to your sister. You with me so far? Yes. For, for example, how much, what's the property tax a year on, on your grandmother's condo? Do you know? It's very low. Very low. It's, how much is the condo worth? Um, close to 400 Yeah, so the next person who buys it is going to be spending five grand. If somebody, she sells it, or if you both sell it, the next person who gets it is going to be spending something like five grand a year in property tax. Right. So your half will go up to you know twenty. It'll go up twenty five hundred three thousand dollars. So again, a transfer from you to your sister results in a property tax reassessment. Used to be the parties worked it all out and did it, but the county assessors we found this. They understand this, and the counties are broke, and they want money, and they're looking right. at the trusts. So the way out of this, it would be if the trust had enough assets. If your grandmother had enough cash. In other words, you say the condo's worth about $400,000. Mm-hmm. So if, if, if the condo, if there were $200,000 cash or, wait, no, actually about 300000 whatever it is, so you got half in cash and she got the condo and it was an equal switch, then all of the condo would transfer from her, from your grandmother to her. You got that? Yeah. Okay, so what he's saying is this is how it works the trust has to get some kind of a bridge loan a temporary loan in an amount equal to one half the value of the condo you take the equity out of the condo you get the cash your sister gets the condo and either pays off or refinances the bridge loan but what you really want to do is avoid a transfer from you to your sister you got that okay okay now one more thing let me let me tell you what else we tell clients that makes it fair if you were going to sell the condo, you'd be paying a real estate agent 6%, right? Right. So get it appraised, get an a value, and say whatever your half is, take 6% off of that because that's how much you'd give a con- you know, you'd pay for it. That's fair to your sister. You follow me on that? Mm, I do. Okay, I do. so work it out with your sister. Uh, are you telling me you trust her 110% and uh, you don't need a bridge loan? Well, they're telling us we do need a bridge loan, though, or, or we can't do the transfer. Yeah. Uh, we were trying to avoid that because it's expensive. Well, do you have anybody who can lend the, the trust uh, $200,000? Yeah, let's see. We've already tried that. Now we, we just I don't have any rich friends, Len. Right. I, I got it. I, I got it. Um, so we're getting sound advice, though, it yeah. sounds like. No, no, you are getting good advice, and you have to figure it out. What does your sister want to do? She wants to live in the condo? No, I, not not now. She has a house that she wants just to keep it such a nice place, great location, knows it's going to appreciate. 
and well, I don't blame her. May, maybe she can get some kind of a loan on her house and do a bridge loan with the condo, but you got to figure it out. The goal here is so that the, the transfer to your sister of 100% of the condo comes from the trust and not half from you. Otherwise, she's going to get right, reassessed but, in property but taxes. She, but she can't just give the money straight to the estate herself. She went and got a refinance and has all the cash. But well, we're told she's not able to give loan the estate the money. Is that true? Right. If she lends the estate the money and you get it, then she's buying it from you. Okay. Your lawyer understands what's going on. Let him explain about a bridge loan, okay? Okay, very If she's got the money, maybe somebody else can come up with a bridge loan. You just don't want to commit fraud or you don't want to do perjury on the things you're signing. But it sounds like your lawyer knows what he's talking about. I'm sure we could okay. figure this out, too. But your lawyer knows what's going on, all right? Okay. Good. Thanks That's lot, it. Len. So all of you out there, what you should learn from this is if you're transferring a house to one of the kids, don't divide the estate up equally. If your daughter's living with you and she gets the house, make sure the trust says she gets the house and the other kids get other money. That way it's a transfer from you when you die to your child and there's no Prop 13 reappraisal. By, by the way, I do a column called Elder Advocate. It's in a bunch of newspapers, senior legal issues. And Rosie McNichol in my office, we do it together. They're all there on my webpage. If you go to lentillum.com, you're going to see a bunch of columns dealing with property taxes and all these issues. Lentillum.com. Look at Elder Advocate, the columns. Stick around. We got lots more for you. Next question is, some guy's going to get an inheritance from a tax lien. We're going to figure it out. A little confusing. We'll figure it out. Got more good stuff coming. I've got an open line, 866-536-1000. Len Tillum, News Talk 910. Len Tillum, I'm back. We're here till 4 o'clock. You got legal problems? Call it in. 866-536-1000. I'm a lawyer. Jimmy in San Anselmo. Len Tillum, Jimmy. Why are you calling a lawyer? Hi, Len. I had a family relative leave me $5,000. I just received a W-9 form to fill out. However, I have a tax lien that the IRS filed with the county for past due taxes for $10,000. So this this estate of your grandma, your great aunt is going through probate, right? Yes. Right, and, and the court's requiring, yeah, you go through probate, they want all these forms done by the court. This IRS form W-9, it tells the IRS you're getting money is what it's going to do, you know? And you have a tax lien. How much is the tax lien for? 10500 Well, all you can do is hope the IRS won't put two and two together. Most wills and trusts have what's known as spendthrift clauses, and it just says if you have creditors, you know, people you owe money to, we put them in our trusts all the time. If you have creditors and you're a beneficiary of one of our trusts, the trust says don't pay off the creditors. You, you, don't, you know, I don't want my money to go to pay your debts. But since the IRS is worse than the mafia, spendthrift clauses, and they make the laws, spendthrift clauses don't protect anyone from child support creditors or the IRS. The IRS can file a lien against your interest in the estate. There's nothing you can do about it unless you manage to make an arrangement with the IRS where you're making payments against your tax debt and you're current in your payments. But um, really, they're going to come after you, I guess. And just maybe they won't figure it out, but I don't know. You got it? Yes, thank you, Len. By the way, if you get the five grand... Why don't you call them up and cut a deal and say, look, I can give you five grand or will you take five, you know, something like that. But if you call them now, they're going to say, they ask questions. You know, if you cut a deal with them, they're going to say, are you getting any inheritance? And you don't want to lie to them. You're going to say, yeah, I'm getting this money in the will. And then for sure, they're going to get the money. So maybe just keep your fingers crossed. All right. 
Thank you, Mr. Tillum. You're welcome. Let's say hello now to Hendrick. Hendrick in Orland. Len Tillum, Hendrick, why are you calling a lawyer? Uh, last July, I was parked in a loading zone with my bobtail, six-wheel bobtail truck. I walked behind the truck uh, to get into the driver's seat. Then I had to back up a little bit to get out of, uh, to get past the car in front of me. This pickup pulled right behind me with four wheels. It says it's a loading zone for six-wheel vehicles only. He parked up so close, so I backed into him. His hood got bent up a little bit. Uh, I took pictures. Uh, he he uh, turned it into his insurance company. My insurance company said it was his fault. He was parked illegally there. Uh, so they denied the claim. Then I got the summons here about a week ago. He's suing me in small claims court for $1,000 that his uh, uh, insurance company, deductible that his insurance company didn't pay, plus pain and suffering. Uh, I want to know, can I sue him for mental... I didn't have any damage. No, you can't. For mental anguish, no. This is not... Mental anguish is like... Mental anguish, you get mental anguish when you see a kid run over by a car, God forbid, and there's blood all over and it makes you crazy. A little fender bender is not enough for mental anguish, Hendrick. But good try. But look, um, here's the problem. Here's what the judge might think. And, and you've got to show up in court. Here's the good news. The good news is that if you lose, your insurance company will have to pay. You're covered right. for that, okay? Um, but the problem, the bad news is, if I were the judge, this is what I'd be thinking. Your car hit his car. His car wasn't moving. And they say whenever you drive a car, you have to be careful no matter what. So I'm not sure how it'll go. He shouldn't have been there. And if it had been a six-wheel vehicle, you would have seen it because it would have been bigger, right? Right, exactly. Yeah, the guy's a jerk. Yeah. He, he parked right up behind me, so I didn't even have room to maneuver back. At, you know, I had to pull back a little bit just to avoid the car yeah. in front of me. By, by the way, let me tell you how else this other guy screwed up. He got his insurance company to pay for the damage over $1,000, right? Right. Okay. His insurance company has a lien on what... He, don't tell him this. When, when your insurance company fixes your car, they get a lien from you on any money you get in settlement or judgment against the person that, you know, you say, you, who caused the damage. So the guy should have sued you for the entire cost of the repair. But don't tell him that. Okay. But go to court, take your pictures, show him what he's got. And thank God you have insurance, because if you lose, that's what insurance is for. Well, I, I would uh, bring up to the judge, let's say if a car is parked on the railroad tracks and a railroad hits him, uh, the car that's parked on the railroad track is parked there illegally. He shouldn't be able to have any claim against the railroad, right? Mm. Or if somebody uh, is jaywalking, for example, uh, and he gets hit by a car. You can try it. Be polite. Don't interrupt. Here's the rules for small claims court. Be polite. No matter what he says, don't interrupt and say, you're a liar, drop dead, or don't get mad. The judge will always look at you and say, now, Mr. Hendrick, what do you have to say? It's your turn. Wait your turn. Say what you're saying. It's a valid argument. Try it and see what happens. Should I cross-examine him, or is that getting a little bit too... When he takes the stand, here's what you do. No, 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 but polite. You know, right. this is not Perry Mason. This is not a death penalty. Right. You say, you just let him prove your case. Instead of he's proving on you, say you if he says, "Well, you parked in a no parking or six wheel zone," he's got mm -hmm. and you've got proof. If he lies, he loses. He say yes. You'd say, "How far was he parked from you? Do you know?" 
Here's the front well, of his well, car from the back of your car. Uh, I would say less than three, uh, less than four feet for sure. And because you're going to testify, did you look in your rearview mirrors? You got if you didn't look in your rearview mirrors, you lost. So of course you looked in your rearview mirror before backing up, right? Oh, of course, but I couldn't see him because his his pickup is that that much smaller. I right. No okay. One. So you ask him, was was he driving like a little Toyota or a big? How big was the truck? You know. Well, it was a regular size pickup, but even then, it's you know, if he parks that close and that close behind me, I still can't see him. So see if you can get him to make it realize. You know, you may he's not going to say you couldn't see me in my rearview mirror because he doesn't know that. Right. But um. You'll say I look back, but say just get him to admit he was parked close to you and in an illegal zone. The more often the judge hears the word he was illegally parked there, the better it is for you. Yeah, he was uh, parked in a curb car too. You know where it's uh, entrance to the to the to the door, so he's not supposed to park there anyway. Get that out. So say, you let him say the signs are there. You were parked illegally. He'll say yes, and then also explain the curb cut. He shouldn't have been there either. And you say, Your Honor, then you. And you summarize your case. I had no expectation for him. And not only that, when I looked, I couldn't see him. No, and I walked right. Just before I walked behind my car, there was nothing there when I went into the, into the driver's seat to buckle up. And just in between that time, I looked in the mirrors again, and I didn't see anything. Exactly. You, that, don't ask him to say that. You can testify. Hendrick, how old are you? I'm 65. Have you ever had an accident before? Well, yeah, I have. Actually, I had a, a similar accident about the year before that. But uh, don't, don't tell the judge. <laughs> no, I won't. Tell <laughs> don't tell the judge. It's called you, you know what? It's called give us this day our daily circus. Okay. And wait, wait. Let me explain that. Whoever puts on the best show wins. You cannot lie in court. No. But it is not your job to make the other guy's case. It's his job to ask those questions. All right. Okay. So you know, I was going to say if you could say I never had an accident, but. Don't say this happened to me six months ago or something. No, all right? no. but if you ask me, I have to admit that. Right? Yes, tell the truth. Don't lie. All you right. know, don't lie. You know, but um, and if, when it happened a year ago, did you have to pay any money? No, I haven't paid any money so far, except the only thing I'm worried about, my insurance. I got a call already from LexisNexis. They said some insurance company got a notice from LexisNexis. What is LexisNexis? Oh, those well, are... they, they apparently keep track of those kind of things, and it's like an insurance investigating bureau. That... Right, right. You're allowed one accident. It wasn't your fault. Don't let them raise your rates. And if they try and raise your rates, go to another company. Don't worry about that. You didn't get a ticket, did you? No, no. Did no, the cops no. come? They don't want to come out in San Francisco for something like that. Right, you got to have a drive-by shooting. Yeah, yeah, yeah. That's right. All right. Good luck. Let me know what happens. You understand how to do it. Be polite. Wait your turn. Okay, I will. Let me know what happens, okay? I hope you'll win. Really, the guy snuck into the spot. He couldn't see him. But then again, you're responsible if you're backing up, I guess. But he couldn't. I don't know. I'm glad I'm not that judge. I'm just a lawyer on a radio. Stick around. We got more. Len Tillum. When I get back... What happens if your wife goes overseas, like to the Philippines, and says, drop dead, you can't see him, I'm not coming home? What do you do? Stick around. Good stories. Len Tillum, News Talk 910. Len Tillum, News Talk 910. I'm a lawyer. Patrick in Albion. Len Tillum, Patrick, why are you calling a lawyer? Good afternoon, Mr. Tillum. Um, thank you for having me. I, um, I'm going to be getting a divorce. My wife... Uh, told me to delete her forever, does not want to see me again. What do you mean, delete you forever? What does that mean? Well, uh, get out of her life. 
Okay. How, we have two boys. They went back to the Philippines in last March and were supposed to stay until December and come back. She has decided they will stay there with her parents until they're 18 years old. And I would like them back in America. They were born in America, of course, U.S. citizens. And uh, a divorce will be preceding this. Wait, wait, wait. How old are the kids? My my two boys uh, just turned 11, and the other one is going to be turning 7 at the end of this month. And does she have other children also? No, sir. How, how old are you, Patrick? I'm old enough to know better. How old is that? 57. And how old is your wife? 37. How'd you meet her? Uh, in the Philippines, I was going to a uh, big uh, fiesta. Okay. Look, um... You think she's not coming back and the kids are going to stay there? The kids don't want to come back to the USA? You know, we do have a better standard of living here, and the kids yeah. are more like gringos than, you know, anything else. They've been born and raised in the United States. Are, are, are the kids, where are they, in school in the Philippines now? They are in school in the Philippines. They are with my wife's family, and they're wonderful, wonderful people. But I think my boys should come back to America. Uh, my boys do want to come back. You're going to have to. Here's the problem. Yes, sir. In the United States, this is considered parental kidnapping. But the FBI doesn't go to Manila. There is an international treaty regarding parental kidnapping. Okay. But wait, the treaty has not been signed by the Philippines. David just looked this up. So I'm not sure. I would call the consulate, the Philippine consulate in San Francisco and start with them. Okay. Um, you may have to hire a lawyer. You're going to have yes, to sir. deal with the authority in the Philippines. I, I mean, are you a rich guy? Uh, no, sir. What do you do for a living? Well, right now I'm uh, taking care of my mother. She is 87 years old, and there's no one to help her. And uh, So you're, un- you're unemployed right now, right? Well, I do get paid, but not very much. So I, I have to ask you a question. Sir. If you... If she says, okay, I'm going to bring the kids back, or you can have the kids, you don't even have money for your own apartment. They're going to have to live with your old mother or something. I, I mean, I, I do have a house. All paid for? Yes, sir. But you're not working. Where do you get money for braces and school, and who takes them back and forth? Maybe they are better off in the Philippines. You say your wife's family is wonderful. They got a big family there. I mean, nothing so terrible about the Philippines, you know? Correct. And so, perhaps they are better. Well, if they're better off there, why don't you, can you go visit them or your mother's so sick you can't even leave your kids? Well, no, I, I could I could go and visit them and I have uh, my plane ticket arranged for April. I would go visit your children and before yes, you start hiring lawyers, just... If you say your wife's family is wonderful, it was a big family, and they love the kids, and they take care of them? Yes, sir, they most certainly do. I love them, too. So maybe your kids, until they're 18, are better off. They're always going to be U.S. citizens. Instead of hiring lawyers, it, it sounds to me like you don't have it together enough to raise an 11- and a 7-year-old boy, and they need their mother, and they're used to this big active family in the Philippines, you know? What are they going to have here? Nothing. Poverty. I am resourceful. All right. Well, I'm just saying, consider your children, too, and not just your own, you know, American pride. You know what I mean? 
I, and I totally agree with you. Yes. Go visit them, and if they're doing well, say, I love you. Send your wife money to support the kids, and visit your kids a lot and be a presence in their life, okay? I, I do thank you for honest feedback. That's something I need to... Uh, you consider that, all right? And don't fight with your wife. She's raising the kids. Have you been sending her any child support or anything? Yes, sir, I have. God bless you. That's a good thing to do. Keep up the good work, okay? Thank you, Mr. Tillam. I'll be talking to you another day. All right. Hold on one sec. We got more for you. I do emails. You got legal problems? I'd love to hear from you. You go to lentillum.com. Really? Len at lentillum.com? We answer them. Trusts and estates. Who gets your stuff when you die? We'll answer all that stuff. David Brown answers. Rosie McNichol, I answer. Trusts and estates. Medi-Cal Arden, somebody who goes in a nursing home, personal injury is Jim Gagan. And um, send me an email. Listen to this one. Howard Wright, my son had a work-related injury. He is unable to work because he has limited use of his right hand. His company pays sizable annual bonuses, but they told him, you ain't getting a bonus because you're not at work. Um, I don't know if you can sue over this. The problem is that a bonus is a gift. It's a gratuity. You know, they say, here, you're doing good work. It's not something you contracted for. The boss is not legally required to provide a bonus unless it's written into the contract. You got that? Okay. We're going to be back with lots more. I'm going to say hello to Gil Gross. Len Tillum, News Talk 910.